It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at DairySpeaks and Todd at TDGuardiansKU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. Oh man, what a week for Cleveland Guardians baseball. We're back with another episode of the podcast. Matt and Todd with you on a Monday morning, August the 28th for WaitingForNextYear.com, the Evergreen Podcast Network. Our sponsors, Rise and Grind Fitness, Breaking Tea t-shirts at breakingtea.com slash dairy and the Center for Advanced Dentistry on the east side, cfad.net. Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean, they are the best. I, I, I mean, Todd, this is this has been a wild week. Uh, Tito's retiring, um, although no nobody nationally is even talking about it, but it's happening. It's pretty obvious when Paul Hoynes writes an article in the Plain Dealer or Cleveland.com, whatever they're calling it these days, that, Oh, here's some replacements. Here's what Chernin Eddie's going to do. Yesterday, the team comes back and beats the Blue Jays. First series win. First series win in the month of August, man. Let's party. A big showdown Again. series with the Twins. You know, it's funny. The, and listen, I understand with the broadcast team, uh, the, the studio broadcast uh, is doing because it's like their job to market the team. But like, oh my God, the post game show yesterday with Alan Jensen was all like, depending was- on what happens with this extra inning game, and they're either going to be five out or six out. And this is a massive series coming up. Come on, <laughs> you're six games out of first place. Massive series. What? What? You know? Again, I know. I know that's their job, so I, I get it. But like, you know, I'm not dumb. <laughs> Please. But yes, very strange week. Um, I also agree the Tito retirement tour thing, or not tour, I shouldn't say, is a very bizarre, you know, the, the lack of of um, national uh, run, I guess. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's because it's football season. Maybe it's because it's Cleveland team. But to me, you know, Terry Francona is one of the, you know, He's got to be one of, if not the longest tenured manager in the sport. He is universally loved personally and has won two World Series titles. I mean, the guy's a legend here. And it's like, yeah, this is the end, but nobody talks about it. I guess, like, I guess I could compare it to Bruce Bochy when he was retiring with, you know, the Giants. And, and then he was with the Padres after the Giants, right? Uh, Bruce Bochy? Yes. Okay, so when he was retiring, it's not like everyone was talking about that. And, of course, now he's back managing again. But, but uh, yeah, I think it's a big deal, and I don't think it's getting enough run. I, I agree with you. It's Well, you know, you know th- this organization, you know, it's a bit of a cottage industry <laughs> when it comes to secrecy and not telling anybody anything. This is how they like it. And Tito, for some reason, is doing this weird dance where – 
you know, what was it, Monday of last week. I mean, he basically came out, was like, I don't know if he was asked about it or what. I was one that said, both on 92.3 The Fan and right here on the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, I'm like, I can't wait till the last press conference in Detroit when someone asks him about his future. We're going to find out what he thinks of the young guys. And out of nowhere, Monday, I don't think this had anything to do with our, our show, but like it, all of a sudden he starts dropping these hints. And then now, like I read this Chris Antonetti interview with Mandy Bell, where basically she's directly asking him, you know, what's your plan? And he's like, well, you know, you know Terry, we want Terry back. And if he's healthy and was his health, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of standard stock answers, but it is a very weird situation, but it's a, been a bizarre season. I, I have no idea what the direction of this team is. I don't know if they're rebuilding. I don't know if they're going for it. I don't know if they're playing kids or not. You know, one of the things Antonetti said in the interview was, oh, we got to see what these kids can do. Well, then why does Bo Naylor start one out of three games in his, in his hometown? Native. Right. <laughs> why is Cam Gallagher playing? Why is Brian Rocchio in, 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 in Columbus? Like, are you... I don't think these people have any idea what they're doing right now. This has been a, and normally our organization is all about uh, clarity and a direction and a culture and an organization. And I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're about clarity. Yeah. I don't know if they're about clarity. I think that they're the Kings of hiding everything, but I I agree the Tito thing's bizarre, but I think that he knows he wants to retire, but he doesn't want to make it about him, and he doesn't want a, a retirement tour where you know people are saying, you, you know what I mean. So I think I think here's my guess. I think Monday in this press conference, I think it just kind of came out. I do. I don't think it was planned at all. I'm sure that he's talked to the front office and they've known, but I don't think he planned on leaking that, and then he just kind of did, and so now this is out there. I mean, because the next day, essentially, they came back and he doubled down on it even more that he wasn't, you know, fully committed. And, you know, some of the quotes were essentially like, if I if I can't fully do this, then I, you know, if I can't give my full effort or if I'm not my full health, then, then I can't do this. And it's getting harder and harder every year. And I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, that sounded very much like a guy who is done. And I think we all know he's done. And now that moves us to the question of who's the replacement? What what will they do? Because we haven't gone after a manager in 11 years. Yeah. The last time around this happened, you know, Terry Francona's name was floated. I remember Adam the Bull was the first one who said, it's going to be Terry Francona. And I remember saying, there is no chance in hell that he is going to take this job. Why would someone like that? Give it all, uh, you know, with all that he could have any job he wants. Why would he choose Cleveland after the Maniac to final year where they were like, you know, 60 and 62 and 100 or whatever they were? Oh, act, but act a ball. Nothing bad. That was great. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, so I think that uh, we don't really know the direction they go. I mean, judging by everything else they do, they love to, you know, promote from within. But who are your who? I'll put it to you this way. Give me your internal, your, your favorite internal candidate and then your favorite external candidate. Well, you know, my favorite external candidate and you and I talked about this off air and with the executive producer on the text thread and credit Zach Meisel, because I had this, I had this in the arsenal for weeks waiting for this, but I wasn't going to bring it up because Tito wasn't retiring or, or hinting at retirement. 
And then Zach wrote his piece. And I actually texted Zach. Of course, Zach Meisel at theathletic.com and the uh, Selby is Godcast. And I'm like, you M, you know what? Or like, I can't believe you put the name out there. And he's like, what? And I said, Aaron Boone. Give me Aaron Boone. Now, some people are going to go, wait a minute. The Yankees are in a swan dive. They have the same record as the Guardians. <laughs> They're also 62 and 68. We're 62 and 69. Like, wait a minute. Why would you get... Yank, a lot of Yankee fans can't wait for Aaron Boone to get fired. I'm telling you, I think Aaron Boone with a, a young team, a guy that goes to bat for his players, that's out there battling umpires, that is a class act, a former Indian, albeit what, he played one year, whatever it was. I don't even remember what year. 05. It was 2005. Uh, um, Killer Bees. Um, Boone, it was Boone. Don't you remember the bottom of the order? It was Blake Boone Broussard. <laughs> uh, the Killer Bees? That's right, yeah. Man, when Ben Broussard would go to Seattle, always a shop in that right center field gap. Um, but anyway. Um, was it Ben Bruce? Was it Ben Broussard or Ben Broussard? Broussard. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, John Sanders. Um, that's my external candidate. I think the Yankees are going to fire him. I don't know if Cashman's going to go, but there's going to be some sort of bloodletting in New York. You can't fire all the players. And I think Boone will be let go. And I think he'd be great with this young team. And I would take him right now as far as internal candidates it's not going to be sandy alomar i know he's a fan favorite but the guy was passed over 12 years ago for tito and since is now still on the list it's bizarre sandy's great with the young catchers great if he wants to stay on his first base coach but uh my internal guy would be mike sarbaugh but um I don't know those guys well enough to be some reporter to tell you, oh, yeah, I prefer uh, Andy Tracy or DeMarlo Hale. To me, I would love to see a new voice, someone that's not on the current staff. And I know Tracy is, and you've brought him up um, a lot. But to me, I would be going outside of the organization, and I would be, my finalists would be Will Venable and Aaron Boone. Here, here's what I think. I... The Aaron Boone thing, I'm not as hot on. I mean, he he basically, what what has he really done in New York that is that spectacular with that kind of payroll? Maybe it's a different situation and he's better in our situation with developing players. But I think the way this organization is and the way this front office is, it won't be anybody who's external unless it's someone who has some sort of tie to them. Because they all know they do things a certain way, Antonetti and Chernoff. They do things a certain way. And until um, David Blitzer takes over, this is the Dolan way. Promote from within. Use the guys that you're used to. Reward the guys who've been good soldiers. And because of that, I think Andy Tracy is going to be very heavily looked at, the AAA manager in Columbus. I've heard they really are high on him. And... Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if it was him. Now, I'm with you. I think Sarbaugh deserves a shot. He managed uh, at one point in AAA. He's been with this franchise for a long time. My all-time favorite third-base coach, Sendeman Sarby. Love that. Brooke's a big fan of Sarby as well, by the way. She, <laughs> and it's, de it's definitely not going to be Sandy. And if it is Sandy... It's stale, it's lame, it's pandering to the lame, you know, the, 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 it's pandering to the fans 
who just, you know, the nostalgic for the 90s. You know, listen, if Sandy was so great, wouldn't he have gotten another managerial job somewhere else? When was the last time you've heard Sandy's name linked to another to another job? No. When the, it, the it White Sox just, 15 it not, years ago? It might ago? just not be for him. I mean, right. he, as the interim manager on occasion, you know, you remember the playoff game against the Yankees. The year. Josh oh Miller had four hits and he pinch hit for him. Now, Lupolo bailed him out, but we were all going, what is Sandy doing? Yeah. Um, and it turned out it worked because Lupolo hit the ball over the wall, off the wall. But like against Jonathan Lewis. But like, I don't know. I just I was uneasy when I, he was running yeah. the team. I, I Demarlo Hale just, to me would be a would be fine. I I don't. That does nothing for me either. Nothing. It does absolutely nothing for me, and it's essentially just an extension of, you know, of Tito. And I'd like a new. I'd like a new voice. I would too. I absolutely would like a new voice. Um, but I'm also of the opinion that we need a voice that's going to be you know, someone who knows how the inner workings of this franchise go. That's my, that's just my take. I, and I think that's the way they're going to go. It's going to be either someone internal or someone external who's been with the franchise before. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have been with this franchise over the years. <laughs> that's for sure. They cycle through everybody because they're such a popular organization to take. Well, I, I mentioned I mentioned before the name Will Venable. That is a hot young name that is with the Texas Rangers uh, as their bench coach. He played. He played on the team at Princeton with Mike Chernoff. So Ooh, did not know that. Yeah, there's your there's your Guardians connection, and that's that's a, you know a guy that would kind of fit with the young roster that we have we're still the youngest team in baseball and it shows unfortunately yeah. last year it didn't for some reason this year it's it's haunting us that we've got young players that sometimes make mistakes the the situation's too big for them and it's 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 come back to haunt us on occasion this season has just been a a roller coaster of inconsistency as cousin steve would say and uh you know even yesterday i mean there were times yesterday when you went we are not good enough they are so much better than us. Look at, you know, Vlad Guerrero and and uh, and George Springer, and we don't have anything like that. And then they battle, though. I'll give them yesterday. Yeah, yesterday's game was was actually pretty cool. Like they've had a lousy season. They have not played well. Their run differentials in the red. Uh, uh, you know, the bullpen's been a disaster. Stefan was bad again yesterday. Like all these things, but like they fight, man. And that's the thing. The next manager that takes over, hopefully, the same fight that they show for Tito, they'll show for this guy um, because they do battle. And, but again, they, 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 this was like a huge mountain to climb just to win one series in the month of August. So we hit a fight. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> I, 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 I gotta tell Thank you, you Carol. Uh, yes. I, I gotta tell you yesterday was, it was a, first of all, that game was long. That was like an, that was like an old oh, yeah. pre-pitch clock. That was pre-pitch clock time yesterday. Was. That was going was. by nails pace man but yeah uh to your point they do battle and i think that's a reflection of tito and you're gonna have to find someone where all of these young kids really believe in whoever they are and that's why i think that with so many of these young players coming up who have been in the minors they're gonna pull from either the double a AA or triple a staff and i i really I, that's why i 
I think it's going to be someone like Andy Tracy. Now, again, I have no insight or inside information on that. And you don't hear his name out there, but, but this, the way this organization always runs, it's always someone you, you don't, you know, whether it's a trade or a call up, it comes out of the blue and you don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, Pluto wrote the piece of, Oh, I think it's going to be DeMarlo Hale. I mean, DeMarlo Hale is, as uninspiring of a hire as you could get. Let's just put, promote the bench coach. It's like, you know, if Mills, Brad Mills were still around, just promote Brad Mills. I mean, that's just, it's uninspiring. I mean, they'll, they'll, if, if that does happen, I know what the story will say. Well, it's continuity and we want to keep it together and the same staff and, and uh, you, you know, we have this, this thing, you know, that, that we like the way it's, it's progressing. So we want to keep it on the same track and Tito's going to stay as a front office role and, and whatever, you know, at what point do we, you know, I, and, and again, I, I, I come back to last year, like if last year didn't happen and last year was this year, I don't think Tito would be managing this year. I don't, I think if they were good this year and they were, you know, expected to do doing what they were expected to do, I don't think Tito's retiring. So, uh, you know, that's, I, I I just I I think they're gonna pull someone internally. That's that's my opinion. We'll we'll see what happens, but I I think they're gonna pull someone internally. Gary Brothers Guardians cast waiting for next year dot com. The Evergreen Podcast Network. Matt and Todd with you. It's a Monday, late August. Thirty one games to go. The Guardians are six games back of the Minnesota Twins after the Twins walked off the Rangers yesterday because Texas's relief pitcher, whatever I don't even remember his name, was through seven straight balls to end the game. He walked Michael A. Taylor on four pitches. So Minnesota beats Texas yesterday. Texas is in a bit of a free fall. Seattle is in first place in the AL West. Yeah, Julio first Rodriguez. time all year. Oh, man. Julio Rodriguez is on an actual uh, absolute tear. And so now, yes, we do go into Minnesota for three games this week, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday afternoon. You could call it a big series. You can call it what it wants, whatever you want. But the Twins are better than the Guardians. And the record shows it. And unless there's some sort of miracle finish here, winning it for Tito and getting there. I don't see it. Um, the, the veteran players, we can transition to this, Todd. I, I This is stunning to me. It's been fun, though. But Cole Calhoun, all of a sudden, is the best player on the team. <laughs> and yesterday in the 12th inning or 11th inning, whatever it was, 11th, after a failed at bat by Will Brennan, uh, I knew Mr. Clutch was going to deliver. And that's Cole Calhoun. All he does is hit the defensive play he made at first base after the game admitting to Andre not, I don't even know what I'm doing out there is hilarious. He's the best hitter on the team. It, it's, it's wild. But as you texted me yesterday and the executive producer, the veterans coming through, this is Tito's wet dream. He loves Loriano, oh, Loriano and Calhoun carrying the offense and you know, there it's it's. I give both guys credit because they've come yes. here and they've played their asses off. They, they both have. have. And Cole Calhoun, like, listen, he's thirty five years old, so it's not like there's some big future. But you know, they're they're they've played their way into a conversation about a roster spot next year. At least Loriano. I mean, I'll say this: if if Calhoun hit right handed, it'd be different. But I don't know, you know, you know, with the glut of outfielders, but. You know, Ags texted me this yesterday too. I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, I'll take I'll take Calhoun over Oscar Gonzalez a thousand times over a thousand. 
you know? I right mean, now, right now. That, that's what I'm saying, right now. But Oscar, what has he really done? And his at-bats are still bad. You know, you know, yesterday or yesterday, Saturday, there was the game where he can't, you know, the, the, the inning where they had the bases loaded and nobody, nobody out, Mariano out. got hit. And then the, you yeah. know, three, three straight strikeouts, three, three Menarius or Jimenez all struck out. Um, but in that instance, all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, you know, this offense can't do it. It's pathetic. It's so bad. These young guys before that base is loaded to get to the bases loaded. Oscar Gonzalez, first and second, no one out, hits a ground ball on the first pitch, a terrible swing right to the shortstop, and he boots it. I mean, I'm watching. I, there was an at bat on Saturday also where Oscar, it was 3 2. The pitch was like basically his eyes, and he swung at it for strike three. He just, the plate discipline's never going to be there. It's just not. And Calhoun is a professional hitter. It's working. So I don't like him playing first base, but right now that's, you know, he has to essentially with Naylor out and, you know, them committed to Arias at shortstop, which, you know, is another topic we can discuss. But Calhoun and Laureano have given this offense some life. And, you know, they're going to play the rest of the way. They really yeah. are. I don't, you hear nothing about Naylor. You hear nothing about Naylor returning. Those oblique injuries, if you remember, Jason Kipnis had an oblique. I, I only remember this because I was there in Anaheim with our buddy Andrew Siciliano. I'm going to guess it was 2014 or 15. It was in April, and uh, Kipnis swung and pulled his oblique. I think he was out for at least two months, and he, was, he wasn't the same the rest of the season. And... Naylor's got the same oblique injury. You hear nothing about it. You hear nothing about his rehab. I, I you know, he's not gonna, he's not I don't think. So you're Calhoun's gonna play first base. That's just that that's how it's gonna be. Well, he's the best so, option right listen, now. He, like you said, though, he's the best we got. He's the best we got. Yeah. I mean, Jose Ramirez is obviously our Go best ahead. player. And um you know, yep. he's tremendous and everything else, but he's not at a great year. He's starting to heat up right now. Give Tito credit. He's made two calls lately that, I, that I've that i highlighted. Number one, moving Jose up to number two has helped Jose, and he's starting to heat back up a little bit. I like that move. And the second move yep. was yesterday when he w intentionally walked George Springer to get to Kiermaier, which, you know, you kind of texted and was like, well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, but he did it. At least he did it. The first base open. And Klasse got Kiermaier to ground out. So that was... You know, look, when we've been, we've been bashing Tito all year, and I don't think it's been his best year as manager, but Todd yesterday did a good job. And this Jose thing has loosened him up a little bit. He looks like the Jose of old, but also, you're right. I mean, yesterday, I think he had Gonzalez hitting third behind Jose. You, it's got to be, uh, I can't believe we're, I'm saying this. Cole Calhoun has to hit third. I don't care if it's lefties, righties. I don't care if they're ambidextrous. That motherfucker has to hit third. I don't even think it's up for debate. <laughs> He has to hit third. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying. Nate, find me some. Find find me. Well, find me someone else who is worthy of that spot right now. No, that's a better option. Brennan's, Brennan's not really hitting. Right. I mean, just go around the lineup. Andres Jimenez has been a gigantic disappointment. You know, you could say if you didn't watch the game and you just saw yesterday's box score that he had a big RBI, 
double that either I can't remember if it was tied or took the lead. That was that it was, was basically lucky, like that a dribbler lucky. that got over first base. Yeah, yeah, okay. Was it wasn't like a line drive shot. Uh, Andres has hasn't been good. Quan hasn't been good. Uh, um, you, you know, you're not any of these other kids. I mean, are all you know? It's not going to be Arias. It's not going to be Freeman. It's not going to be you know whoever. Miles Straw. I mean, who? It's come on. You got no other options. Oscar Gonzalez hitting third or fourth. It's going to be Loriano and Calhoun hitting third and fourth the rest of the way. We mocked it two weeks ago, and now here I am saying it's probably the best move. <laughs> yeah. So what's my next move? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Loriano's bomb yesterday. And I know it was against Jay Jackson and the Blue Jays had just brought him back up because Swanson got hurt, their other reliever. But you look at that kid's ERA, it hasn't been bad. And then those two guys provided the cushion you needed to win the game, which is just bizarro world. I mean, we you're right. There was one day a couple weeks ago where like Calhoun and Loriano are hitting 3-4. Man, this season has just been pathetic. Meantime, those two guys are hitting. And they're playing hard, and Tito loves veterans, and these guys have provided a little bit of little leadership, cradle of leadership, and it's uh, it's worked. I mean, look, they haven't won, they still haven't won enough games. They're still seven games below five hundred, but uh, yeah, those guys haven't been bad. You got to keep playing them, and now you are playing a series where, quite honestly, you, you probably need to sweep, or at least. You it's can't. the only way it's the only way you're going to have any real conversation about this season has merit is if they go into Minnesota and they sweep and all of a sudden they're three games back and then they play them again in like a week. Yeah. And then you really got a shot. But is, oh, is that really going to happen? No. I mean, come on. That That's the thing. It's like, yes, they're in it. Yes, they're battling. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, we watch. But let's be honest here. Are they really going to go on some run? We've been talking about this all summer. You know, we, we listen to TJ and, and Zach on the Selby's Godcast. They say the same thing. We've been waiting for the run. When's the run coming? This team's going to be. There is no run coming. Please. It's right. August. They're, not good. August. They're not good enough. Yesterday, Calhoun and Loriano provided the spark and, and delivered in the clutch and Jose hit the home runs and they scored 10 runs, but. This offense mostly is, is, is direct. And, and and we see more innings of the strikeout inning on Saturday down five to three with the base load of no outs. And then the guys don't touch, you know, Arias is at bat. What was that? Like, that was so bad. Like, he is amazing in the field. You put him in right field, he can play there. Put him at shortstop, he's got a gun. What was the relay throw the other night when he threw home? You're like, whoa, what a throw. But he can't hit. The problem with Arias is he very rarely makes the contact you need him to make. And when he does make it, he's hitting, you know, he hits rockets. I mean, how about that? He had a home run last week, the dead center. That was just an absolute bomb. You know, he, he, he's he got it. But when he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. There's really no well, middle ground with him. He, mo- he mostly doesn't. <laughs> no, it's true. Look at the numbers. No, I know. I know he mostly does. I'm rooting for him, too. And it's obvious they like him. He plays all the time. I mean, well, this was my point. They obviously see something we don't because for some stupid fucking reason, which I still do not understand, Cam Gallagher was activated to have a third catcher and, and, and Brian Rocchio was sent back to triple A. I mean, what is that? Play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. No, we're going to send Rocchio down. Arias, Arias could play some first base, so Calhoun doesn't have to. 
Ari's, I mean, and Rokio could be here. When when do you need three catchers at this point in the season? It's been all it's been all season. Going back to the opening 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 day and, and Valoria being on the roster, it has been a bizarre season but, of roster construction. Oh, the, the worst I've seen in years out of this franchise. But it'd be one thing if it was Fry, because at least you know with Fry, he's a third catcher. But Fry can play first, Fry can play left, Fry can play third. It's fine. But to have Cam Gallagher and Eric Haas, who we didn't discuss, uh, on the roster we, together with with the catcher of the future who you played once in three games you know this whole thing like oh Bo, we can't play Bo against lefties why not what when did all of a sudden it become so taboo to let a left-handed uh, a young left-handed batter who allegedly is your catcher of the future that hit against a left-handed pitcher once in a while give him a start it's not like we're in a pennant race and spare me the oh we're almost yeah we are <laughs> it's just it's such a joke I don't understand I really Eric, don't Eric Haas there's nothing like picking up some unnamed teams pledges you know come right, on that's what they do to us we don't do that to them exactly My we don't goodness. do that to our pledges only you they can't do that to our pledges only we can do that to our pledges exactly <laughs> yeah Seriously. I just it, it, Daniel it Nor- Daniel Norris and Eric Haas like who who are we picking up next here Jeez. here's 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 what I'll say about Eric Haas though if we didn't have Cam Gallagher, we didn't have David Fry, and Eric Hoff became available to be our backup catcher, I could, I'd be, I'd be like, all right, fine. You know, he had some power. He could be a backup catcher, sure. But we have eighty-five backup catchers already. I know another one. Da- David on. Fry is so on. Uh, David Fry is rehab. on. David Fry is on rehab assignment somewhere. Yeah. So he's eventually going mm-hmm. to come back and to be quite honest he deserves a chance to come back on the roster so what does that mean for Gallagher or Haas I have no idea you know what, Tito what, loves you know, vets and maybe the front office is like look month ago let's just give Tito what he wants if he wants three catchers he wants Gallagher to get a full season of ML MLB service I don't know if it's for his pension I don't know I don't know that stuff but for some odd reason he loves Cam Gallagher and so the guy plays once a week and takes up a roster spot it's very weird. Very weird. Very weird. Or what else was on that list? Do we have any did we cover everything we need to cover? Well, uh I feel like there was something else we're missing. Well, the big news out? yesterday was Noah Syndergaard. Oh that yeah. Poor, that poor guy. Uh by the way, tell you gotta tell us about Rise and Grind Fitness first. Oh, uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very God, busy. God's <laughs> got a lot there. going on over at Rising I'm very Grind. Busy Fitness. over there. Uh, um, c- come check us out. Uh, uh, Risinggrind.com. R y z e a n d g r i n d. dot com. Best place for group fitness on the east side. If you're looking for, we have the new schedule is coming out this week for September. You know, we change things up quarterly. Uh, it's mostly the same class. The early stuff was mostly sacks, um, and we're. Uh, uh, you know, we got the bike boot camp revolution that I teach. You got regular rise and grind boot camp with Beth Ann. We have many, many excellent cycle instructors. Uh, our, uh, my girl Tiffany, she is unbelievable when it comes to our interval class 45 second on 10 second uh, rest interval class. And uh, uh, just if, if whatever you're looking for, we're bringing back yoga. We, 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 we got, we got bar we got you 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 want to come to a group fitness studio where it's all encompassing come to rise and grind fitness on the corner of chagrin 
and Brainerd in beautiful downtown Woodmere, Ohio. Check us out, riseandgrind.com. And if you say you're a podcast listener and you want to try the studio, free class on your boy here. So that's what's going down. Breaking Tea t-shirts, breakingtea.com slash dairy. Go there now. Brown season is upon us. Hey, the Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett shirts are sold out. That's how popular those players are. Uh, Jose's gym shirt with the with the boxing gloves. Get it now. You can get it in gray. You can get it in blue. Awesome. Two different Jose's gym shirts. Get them right now at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Takes you right to the Cleveland Collection. All of your gear, the T-shirts that you want to wear, especially to these early uh, Browns games when it's hot out, get your stuff at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Also, Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean Schlussel. The guys are the best. Uh, it's the best dentist on the east side. CFAD. It's the best uh, dentist in America. Who are you talking? All Come right. I'm, Give not, them their I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that. Um. All right. What about Noah, Noah, Noah Syndergaard? We were talking. Yeah, we Noah discussing. Syndergaard started yesterday, and you know he, this poor guy. Like I was rooting for him. He I seems think like we all are. He seems like a good dude that just can't hasn't been able to figure it out. His career has regressed the last few years, injuries and everything else. Then he, he was pitching his heart out. He was trying, but my gosh, I mean, he can't keep the ball in the ballpark. Uh, even that. Well, first in start, all fairness, in all fairness to him, yesterday. He had Springer struck out. This umpire, I, I, this umpire yesterday, what was his name again? Longenberger. Livensparger. Livensparger. He's one of the worst. I, just want, I was just going to say, I want to give him special credit because I have seen thousands and thousands of baseball games in my day. That may have been the worst home plate umpired game next to Eric Gregg in the 97 NLCS. That was a on both yes. in, in both directions, it was. What about choice. Game Six of the '95 World Series when Tom Glavin was Eddie Perez was uh, uh, yeah. scooping up pitches in the opposite uh, uh, batter's batter's box, box. framing yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so but yes, he couldn't keep the ball in the yard. That's true. Okay, continue. Yes, Sorry. he did get squeezed. All the pitchers got squeezed. Heck, Classe's uh, game uh, pitch to end the game to Biggio was a joke. It was high. <laughs> give, Wait, Underwood, give, Underwood. Uh, Underwood was like, he paused. Strike three called. He was like laughing, laughing. because even he thought it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was actually, funny. that was a good call yesterday by Underwood because he kind of, he did pause and he thought it was ball four and he thought the tying run was coming to the plate. And then Livensparger's like, I'm out of here. I got a flight to catch. And, and John Schneider was, John Schneider was like screaming at him too. Oh, yeah. He should have. Um, whoever was whoever lost that game was going to yell at the umpire one way or another. Oh yeah, yeah. But Thor gave it his all. They gave him about six or seven starts. Even going back to his first start in Houston when the Astros were hitting ropes to the wall, and you're like, oh geez, um, you know, thank God that stayed in the yard. I mean, Syndergaard is what he is, and he it's they tried everything I'm sure with him. But Cal Quantrill went seven plus innings the other day in Columbus and actually looked like the Cal of old. And you know they want to put a fresh arm in the in the rotation and give him a chance to to work out his his issues that he's had all year, and he feels probably like he's ready. So the odd man out with Syndergaard. We've been speculating on this podcast that they'll shut one of the kids down and then Syndergaard will stay, but it was not meant to be. He was DFA'd after yesterday's game. They'll probably bring up a bullpen arm for the next couple of days, and then when it's Quantrill's turn to start, 
Uh, he'll start this week at some point. I don't understand why they didn't just go to a six-man rotation to limit the innings. Like, you're about to be able to expand the roster. You can bring up two more players. Yes. I don't understand why they were so averse to the to the uh, six-man rotation idea. I, by the way, I will be a fan of Noah Syndergaard for the rest of his career because of his honesty and openness. And we talked about this is either last week or the week before. He just wasn't. He he is. It, it's sad. I feel terrible for him because he was once great, and he clearly still has the drive in him to be great. And I think his body has failed him and he knows it and it's very upsetting to him. And I, I, I really truly do feel for him. Um, so I wish him the best of luck. I hope that he latches on with somebody and gets another shot. Um, he didn't do that badly here. I mean, he was basically doing what a fifth starter should do, which is going six plus innings or no, six plus innings. sorry, going like five, six innings at the most, giving up three runs and keeping us in ball games. So, you know, I, I he'll, he'll have a fan in me uh, for life at this point. I just, the, when, when he gave that interview after the game, he got rocked. You could just see it in his face. And I just, I really respected him for being like yeah. that because so many as, as, as veterans of therapy, you know, you and I, the, 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 we, you know, big proponents of it. Yeah. The the ability to be able to express your feelings in that manner and not keep all that shit bottled up, which, you know, he pro athletes, they have the hardest time. You know, they, they have to show this, you know, whether it's an outdated thing like this machismo of nothing affects me and all this shit. I like that he said, you know what? I love baseball more than anything and I can't do what I want to do the way I want to do it. And it is so frustrating to me and I'm really searching and I just respect the hell out of him for it. I do too. Uh, It's sad because he gave it his all. You could tell he liked the guys. You could tell he wanted to, to to win for the, for the team. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, even in yesterday's game, it's like, all right, they gave him a lead. Um, and then he gave it right back with another home run to Schneider, I believe. Yeah, Boy, that kid, that kid's been unbelievable for Toronto. Davis Schneider is kind of a fine, but um, you know, they they let him go as far as they could go. But that's that's almost every outing with him is, you know, yeah, four, five, six innings, but a lot of hard contact. Sure, Carl yes. Willis and the team worked with him as best they could, but. It is a little strange. I mean, with innings, with inning limits coming up for the young kids, you would have figured they would have kept him around. Maybe he'll clear waivers and go to Columbus. I don't know. Um, but maybe maybe they their plan is to just let him go. But then that would mean that, you know, some people were tweeting me last night. So they got nothing for a med Rosario. I was like, they weren't going to get anything from anyway. I was just going to say, what what ah. did you think his trade value was? There was no trade value. You know, he's a free agent at the end of the year who's essentially a bench player. <laughs> and 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 or or a platoon guy. I mean, that's that's what. Listen, Ahmed was great here. I don't want to get into Ahmed again because no, we've done this five thousand times. No. But yeah, it's not worth it. All right, I won't even say what I was going to say. Let's let, we don't have to talk about Ahmed. But no. yeah, but here I still don't understand if they're going to cap these limits, uh, cap these innings limits. Let's say I'm just again total hypothetical. Let's say they sweep Minnesota. Now they're three games back. It's just going to not throw by B. Allen and, and Williams, or are you going to say the plan stops, or are you going to do openers 
or have them pitch three innings at a time. I, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know what again once again there is no plan as far no. as we know because I god don't, forbid they fucking tell us no number one <laughs> they don't tell us number two i don't think they know i don't i don't I don't, I don't think they know I, I think this season has been kind of off the rails is your manager coming back we don't know are you playing kids eh, we don't know no we're playing veterans are you because some lineups it just you know some days you had tana and rokio and you're like all right let them let the kids play other days it's Nope, Cam Gallagher gets to play. So I don't know if they know. And I think you're right. This These three games in Minnesota this week will kind of tell the tale. I, I don't think they're going to sweep them. Like I said, I think Minnesota's better. And I think this is going to be tough. Uh, but maybe, maybe look, they, they've they've gone on weird runs before, but I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I just am not. And uh, you don't think they're going to finish the game on a 10-game winning streak like 10 years ago? <laughs> I mean, That's it's just been, yeah, yes, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be too negative. I, yesterday was actually semi-fun, but uh-huh. it's still, it's still grueling. You know, Stefan's still blowing games. Uh, the, the bullpen's still making you uneasy. You know, I was texting with uh, our cousin yesterday. It's like, what's Sandlin? Do you, do you know what Sandlin is? It's August 28th. We have no idea. Well, it's just like yesterday you had bad Sandlin. It's like one day he's great. He goes through. He is so streaky. Oh, he yeah. goes through weeks where he's great and looks like he should take the eighth, and then he goes through you know a stretches where he's so bad, and he's still obviously with the way he throws, lefties just still you know have an easy time with him. So I don't know. All right, pitching matchups, and let's wrap it up. Uh, here we go. Monday night, you know, battle of battle for first place <laughs> at beautiful Target Field there in uh, Minnesota. Uh, Guardians and Twins, 7.40 tonight. Xavier Curry against Kenta Maeda. Tuesday night, Gavin Williams will face off against Pablo Lopez, who's had a nice year for them. And then uh, Wednesday, the the Battle of the Aces, Tanner Bybee at 110 against Sonny Gray. So facing really their best. If we made the playoffs, Tanner Bybee starting game one. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. We haven't, men- we haven't even mentioned him today. Man, was he dealing on Friday in Toronto? He's so damn good. He, he is really good. is. You want to talk about someone who lived has lived up to all the hype? I mean, Gavin Williams has too, but like Bybee's exceeded it for me. Bybee's exceptional. Yeah, he really love is. everything. About, love everything about him. Day off on so, Thursday before the team comes home to face the Rays and Twins for six. Tampa Bay on Friday night. Logan Allen against To Be Determined. Saturday, you'd think Cal Quantrill would be starting against Tyler Glass now. And then 4-10 on Sunday? What is that? Well, it's because it's Memorial Day weekend. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, that's probably Uh, why. I'll be I'll be in the uh, I'll be in the vicinity, but I will not be at the game. Uh Uh have a have a blast, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for stiffing me. Uh Xavion (laughs) Curry. Let's just let's just say that. For the 800 things that I've done that you have. I'm kidding. You can take this one. (laughs) Xavier Craig and Zach Littell. By the way, that is your anniversary on Sunday, is it not? Or is that Saturday? That would be Saturday. 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 Happy anniversary. Um, Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. I appreciate that. How many many years (laughs) for you and uh, LD? Uh, This will be 22. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So Pretty amazing. uh, 
I'm, it is. I am. I am a lucky man. That's yeah, for you sure. are. Yeah, you are. So there you go. That is this week. Not getting. So the next nine games uh, are Minnesota and Tampa. So six with the Twins, three with the Rays. And the, the Rays are the Rays are not the the Rays are not like tearing the cover off the ball these days. Like they're not playing their best baseball. No, no, but they took care of the. I Indians. mean, they're still a great team. They're still a great team, but yeah, they are. But uh, all right, well, let's do this. Let's let's see how it goes in Minnesota. This that it could be it could be death. This could be death. It could it could be death. But uh, well, I'll say I'll say this as a season ticket holder: if they somehow rattle off and get to within three, you know, the sweep and get to within three games, I look forward to the uh, team sending me an email about. Hey, if you want playoff tickets, you got to give me you know ten thousand dollars in the next week. <laughs> uh, I love that bit. And and another bit that can we please put to rest to some people on social media? The team isn't calling Jonathan Rodriguez up, so please just stop with that, okay? I mean, just if you know anything about this franchise, you know that there's no chance that that's happening. He's not, not even on the forty. He's not on the forty man drink. And yes, while it's wonderful, they're not doing that now. No, no. chance. Great yeah. to see Kyle Manzardo get some hits this weekend up at Columbus. Keep him there. Yeah. Let's he's he's gonna be fine. I'm excited about him for sure. Uh as, and Chase DeLaw. Chase DeLauder is killing it at single A, but let's not break that down. All right. Um that'll do it for us. Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, Evergreen Podcast Network, waiting for next year.com. Have a great week, everybody. The big showdown is tonight in Minnesota. Fire up. Out of room and out of here. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.